This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. A recent healthcare study found that using ChatGPT's artificial intelligence to answer consumer health questions resulted in nearly identical answers as those from human physicians. They're not a harried, busy physician trying to like squeeze out an answer to your question between six other patients. So they give very long format, clear, appropriate answers to things. And I think people see that and they're like, hey, I like that. Then, those who pay high rents in today's economy are forced to make trade-offs in other areas, which can lead to social ills. We saw some people making cutbacks for five plus years. So those are most likely to be among people who are paying 30, 40, 50, 60% of their income as rent. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Can artificial intelligence, specifically ChatGPT, replace your medical doctor's advice? A recent comparison had surprising results. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Devin Mann, MD, professor in the Departments of Medicine and Population Health at NYU's Grossman School of Medicine. Doctor, your study examined how well the artificial intelligence chatbot ChatGPT was able to answer health-related questions compared to human healthcare providers. Let's get right to the results. How well did it do? The short answer is really well. Remarkably similar to what humans would do for a lot of the questions that we pulled from live medical questions. So maybe taking a step back, we did a research study where we took questions that we had received from patients and we gave them to ChatGPT and looked at the answers it would give versus the answers that our actual physician gave. And we gave it to several hundred raters, to you know, regular people out in the world to see what they thought. And they felt that the answers were pretty darn good, particularly for the lower complexity, lower severity questions. As things got sort of more medically complex, higher stakes, they started to feel like they were less comfortable with the ChatGPT answers. Yeah, can you give us an example of the ones that ChatGPT perhaps struggled with a little bit more? Yeah, the things when people are asking diagnostic questions. So like, what does this lab result really mean for me? And what would be my prognosis from that? That's the kind of thing that someone's not ready and nor should they be because I'm not sure that the answers are that reliable either. But that's the kind of thing that people feel less comfortable with versus sort of, hey, I have high cholesterol. What does that mean? You know, as ChatGPT can give a pretty comprehensive answer that is in the kind of language and style that both physicians use, but is very approachable, people like those answers. And so that gives you a sense of the spectrum of what people are in this day and age feel very comfortable, it seems, based on our research, getting those answers, knowing that it can be from a ChatGPT-generated tool. A CNN study claimed that diagnostic errors are linked to nearly 800,000 deaths and cases of permanent disability each year in the U.S. And another report from Johns Hopkins University estimated that more than 250,000 Americans die every year due to medical mistakes, making it the third leading cause of death. How do you think the use of AI might impact misdiagnoses and medical errors? Reports like that have been coming out for a long time. We know that the system still makes more errors than it should. And that's a combination of human error, but also systems that are not yet set up to really 
remove all those errors. So AI in general has a role. It can automatically do things, automate tasks that are not complex, but error prone. So things like reading a serial number on a medication and looking over here and then having to transcribe it or put it in another part of the computer. These are tasks that we already know that AI and other kind of automated tools can really improve quality and reduce safety events. And there's lots of folks focused on that. Beyond that, diagnostic errors, you're seeing reports, and I've read them too, where the people are showing an anecdote where, hey, my child had these like mystery symptoms for years and no one could figure it out. I plop them into generative AI tools, so ChatGPT type tools, and they come up with a diagnosis. And I brought back to my doctor, a different doctor maybe this time, and they're like, wow, that's a great idea. Let me look into that. And boom, they find the diagnosis, the mystery illness, right? Those are real stories from the headlines, but I think they do reflect a future where the reality is there are limits to you know what humans can do and the amount of data we can leverage. And so having tools like this to, at least in the short term, generate ideas, help expand the realm of what's possible that what people are thinking of, and then having a human review after that to really be like, oh yeah, you know this is valuable or this is something we hadn't pursued. I see that being valuable in the coming time period, particularly for like diagnostics and things like that on the more complex side. On that more simple side, like we talked about, they're already, and we'll see more of these automated tools, very simple things that are very straightforward that just humans are not robots. We are not computers. We make those kinds of mistakes. That's tools where we know AI has value. We're just trying to figure out the best way of finding those sort of use cases, as we would say, and deploying the tools in a really well-done manner. So you would say this is probably the tip of the iceberg? I think so. I mean, people debate about oh, is that iceberg eventually like replacing physicians and things like that? I don't see that future. I can't say I know for sure, but knowing that there's more value than what we have today, that's very hard to deny. It has real strengths. It not only leverages the strengths of computers, which don't make the same kind of mistakes that humans make, but generative AI in particular, these large language models like ChatGPT, they also have access to such a wealth of a really human writing and text and all these things, and they can bring that to bear on lots of steps in healthcare, and that's valuable. And so I think that is the tip of the iceberg. We're here at NYU, we're experimenting already. We have lots of folks working on these kinds of things, thinking about where does this make sense? Where in the experience of healthcare as a patient and as a clinician, does this really add value? And in fact, we had this event called the Healthcare Promptathon, where we got just under 100 different users across the health system. And by users, I mean physicians, nurses, occupational therapists, social workers, all sorts of researchers. And we got everyone on the same page about what the tools like ChatGPT can do, these generative AI tools. And then we had them take it to their sort of domain, their research or their clinical work or their educational work and say, you know, let's start to think about what this can do tomorrow. Because the reality is, it is the tip of the iceberg, you're right. And that's because, you know, we haven't really even spent time yet thinking about all the ways we can apply it. And that's where we are now saying, cool technology, world of possibility. Now let's start getting real. Where are we going to use this? Where does it really make things better? Where is it just sort of cool? You alluded to this a moment ago, but does this give you any concerns that healthcare consumers will make ChatGPT their first stop for, let's face it, free medical advice and kind of make conventional medical expertise perhaps not a last resort, but not necessarily the first choice either? I can say with confidence I have literally no concern about that from experience. My experience is that, you know, it was not that different than the Google doctor we've talked about for 20 years. I definitely think people will use it as their first stop 
and I don't discourage it. I mean, getting yourself educated is wonderful. The reality is it is hard to feel confident and to discern the different types of information that you're getting and really put together a sophisticated understanding of what's going on for your health. So for simple things, sure, and that's appropriate, I think. But as things get more complex, as they get sort of longitudinal, meaning like over time, and, you know, it's a lot to take on yourself. It's a lot of work fundamentally. And I think people will still want to, and I've seen that, they really do want the expertise, but they want that expertise to then weigh in on what they've learned. So in the past 20 years, it's been like, you know, hey, I read this on Google. What does this mean? It'll be very similar, I think. You know, the generative AI tool helped me understand this or or raise these questions for me. Now help me on the next step of that journey. I think we're going to see a lot of that in the coming period of time. But in terms of sort of displacing the use of healthcare, I don't foresee that anytime soon. So what is the takeaway message from your study? The technology moves fast. I think really what I've taken the study to mean to me is the level of comfort people have and that they're not walking into this saying, I refuse to listen to this technology. It suggests to me that there's a real interest in people getting high quality answers. A lot of people are saying that what the AI tools do is they give very empathetic answers because they can be directed to do so. And so they're not time pressed, right? They're not a harried, busy physician trying to like squeeze out an answer to your question between six other patients. So they give very long format, clear, appropriate answers to things. And I think people see that and they're like, hey, I like that. And even though they may have concerns about privacy and technology replacing humans, they also really are drawn to the potential advantages of these tools. People are interested. The data shows that they are not just tuning it out. They're there, they're listening. And they think for certain types of questions in our study, they find the reasonable answers. And I think it's because there are advantages and we need to be aware of them as we study this technology and try to figure out how to use it. Fascinating topic. Dr. Devin Mann from NYU Grossman School of Medicine. Thank you very much for joining us today. No problem. Have a good one. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, paying high rent can have long-term consequences. That story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead. 